This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. Vegas, baby, Sin City, casinos, gambling. I love shooting craps, but the only problem is I'm not going to be there. The Shriners is locked and loaded for Thursday. This tournament is going to have plenty of excitement as we head into the heart of the fall swing. Now, TPSL Summerlin has no teeth, with the lone exception being that the wind can wreak havoc for any golfer in the field and we're going to dive into this shortly but first hello canada hello australia hello usa hello uk adios españa no more spain you left us hello belgium lavas lithuania new zealand australia indiana minnesota cali florida new york new jersey south carolina north carolina kentucky all over the country the cut line is there but our new winner in listenership, Ambler, Pennsylvania. Boom. If this is your first time to the cut line, you better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. It's pronounced cut line. Cut line. And of course, our loyal followers, the reason that this show is produced. Sheriff, listen to me. They know all about Sweet and Devereaux. I figured that the Silver Streak should be in Kansas in an hour. We could stop the train at Scott City or maybe Dodge. All right, mister. Just keep your hands where they are and we'll have no trouble. Give me that. Don't shoot. Don't shoot? You stupid, ignorant son of a bitch, dumb bastard. Jesus Christ, I've met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all. Get over there. You stupid, ignorant, son-of-a-bitch, dumb bastard! Jesus Christ, I've met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all. Get over there! Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to The Cut Line. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S. Cruising away during the fall swing, and oh my, was last week bittersweet as the core four nailed three of four plays, but getting six of six through right now just seems difficult. It's what the fall swing is all about. Some of these plays are just ridiculous, but it's fine. Strikes and gutters. We'll get one. We'll get one early. I promise. Make sure that you guys are going to cutlinegolf.com for all your free PGA DF- DFS analysis. And now we are including our betting page where we are bringing you all the news to dominate any slate the best way that you see fit. So if you want to crush DFS, go ahead. Download our model. Look at our DFS content. The course report. The core four. You could download your own interactive Excel spreadsheet, which you can help you dominate this tournament. But if you want the hottest Vegas tips in the industry, follow the top plays at Cutline in our Vegas segment. Look at the experts on our Twitter panel and look where all of the favorites are being played and the numbers that you can get. Just lock it up. All right, so before we break down the slate, story I need to tell, golf story. We're out at Whitetail Ridge Yorkville, Illinois, great course, shorter course, very difficult at times, 
Insane part eight or a whole eight is a part four over water. You can drive it if the wind's helping you, whatever the case may be. My man, Stu, we are on hole number 11. All right, it's an elevated par three, about 170 yards. I'm taking about a seven iron to this hole. Stu gets up to the tee. Backswing through the ball. We're watching the ball flight. And it hits a side hill and starts rolling down onto the green. And it is ever so slowly inching closer and closer to the hole until boom, hole in one. My man hit a hole in one. And you would think like the celebration would be like girly, fluffy, jumping on around. No, man. Guy was acting like he had been there before, like he had done it. It was badass. Drove up to the hole. There it is. Ball and cup. Hole in one. It's the first one I've seen from like not a pro on TV or at a tournament. So it was just insane to see, insane to watch. I, I was really happy. It was an amazing shot. And it was like what a pro would shoot, right? Most of us would go for the middle of the green, try to go like aim at the stick. Stu goes, hits the ball, hits the hill, lets it roll down slowly. It was awesome. Amazing shot. Congrats, man. Congrats, buddy. Hole in one, badass. Now, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open at the BEA Utiful TPC Summerlin in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we are going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They are funny guys. Let's kill one of them. To bring you the best lineups for your GPPs this weekend, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass, taking names, smashing lineups, cashing lineups, crashing that top 10 with everyone's favorite golfers through the cut line. Six of six. That's what we need. So, Wednesday night, lineups lock in the early hours of the next morning, and you just don't know how to get different. You don't know where the industry bias is going, and you just don't know who to play. The guys I trust, Fanshare Sports at fansharesports.com. So, very easy fix. Go to Fanshare Sports. After you fill out all your information in the discount code, write the word cutline, and you will receive 20% off your monthly membership. Remember, ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. TPC Summerlin is not that hard to figure out for golfers of this caliber, pro caliber, and the golfers will be looking at a par 71, 7,200 yard course with wide fairways, little obstacles, and low scoring awaits this tournament field. The bent grass greens might be the only issue for some golfers, but the rough, the bunkers, the water, they're really at minimal risk, but there are blow up. There is blow up potential. But let's not forget that these greens are massive. So let's take a look at the course report. And you can find the course report at cutlinegolf.com, which goes into a detailed weather analysis, past winners, key stats, correlating courses, and everything of that nature that you might find interesting and helpful for this weekend's tournament. Whether you're looking to take advantage of the sports book, or take advantage of DraftKings, or dare I say, the easy, often very accessible and cash-worthy 
FanDuel. Apparently, Superdraft has some interesting options now as well, so you can access that information at any time to potentially make your weekend a great weekend, right? That's all we're looking for. That's all we're looking for. So the PGA Tour starts the Vegas swing at TPC Summerlin as the golfers will compete at the Shriners Children's Open. TPC Summerlin is a course that is beneficial to those who are driving the ball well. Golfers who end up in the fairway will have plenty of short irons and wedges, leaving players with plenty of scoring opportunities. Now, this course is not as simple as some of the courses we see in the early fall swing. There are water hazards and native areas leading to penalties and some big numbers. Still, there are more opportunities to get really low versus the blow-up potential. The narrative this week is the fact that so many golfers that play in this tournament actually live in Las Vegas. In addition, we have seen UNLV alumni win the Shriners. Names include Kevin Na, Ryan Moore. Um, golfers that have found success here include Maverick McNeely, Charlie Hoffman, Garrett Higo, and Adam Scott. Other names of the, uh, to note in the field that are UNLV graduates are like Harry Hall and Las Vegas resident, residents, Charlie Hoffman, Doug Kim, Aaron Wise, Bramlett, Wyndham Clark, you could potentially expand on this narrative and focus only on, on golfers that live in the West Coast or play golf, like college golf on the West Coast. So it's something to take into consideration. I think if you expand to the West Coast only, you take advantage of maybe getting a little bit different in your lineups. But of course, contrarian would be going straight to the East Coast players. The course is long because of the yardage, but in truth, it plays a lot shorter thanks to the thin desert air course doesn't leave some opportunity for some of these par fours to be potentially reached in one it's more like the touts are going to assume that playing bombers isn't necessary here if that's the case a contrarian build would be focusing on bombers who are elite ball strikers the course opens the floodgates for scoring as we have seen winners far below 20 under par and you're going to be dialed in on approach and able to compete with a hot putter leaving any scoring opportunity on the green could cost a golfer on sunday architect bobby weed redone by fuzzy zoller in 92 bent grass greens 7400 square feet on the green size which is larger than average stem meter about 11 and a half to 12 i'd say that's average to slow 7255 yards par 71 four water hazards come into play with 92 bunkers current weather in vegas looking at no wind except for Friday towards the afternoon, 14 to 16 miles per hour. So for you showdown guys, note that. Not looking at any rain. It's wonderful dry Vegas temps in the low 80s, upper 70s. So might be a little bit cooler on that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you might take that into advantage. Past winners include Martin Laird, Kevin Nod, DeChambeau, and Cantley, And we've seen a lot of playoffs. Cantley hasn't been involved in a lot of top five finishes here. So he's going to be a popular play. Key stats, ball striking approach, strokes gain total, strokes gain putting on bent grass greens, opportunities gain in greens and regulation gain, similar courses that I like, TBC Scottsdale, PJ West, Quail Hollow, Silverado, and the Country Club of Jackson, which we just saw. So the question, the opportunity, the moment we've been waiting for, who are we going to play this weekend? These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this is the Cut Lines Birdie or Better segment. We break down each tier of golfer all the way from the top tier 11 10K range down through the 6K range, looking at our favorite plays for this weekend's tournament. 
So we're gonna start at the 10K range. And this includes Kepka, Burns, Hovland, Answer, Webb Simpson, and Zalatoris. First of all, your, your ownership relief that you're gonna get from this stage. That's Kepka, that's Burns, who's coming off a win, and Will Zalatoris, who arguably didn't pay off last weekend, so people are gonna look elsewhere. I get that play. Ownership is going to be heavy on Hovland, who's everyone's favorite right now, the way he ranks out. Abraham Answer being cheaper at 10,400. And of course, Webb Simpson. He's coming in at 10,200. And these guys are looking specifically at their popularity because of somewhat of their abilities and some of their history here at this specific tournament. You look at Webb Simpson. Okay. Last five years 13th, 7th, 15th, 20th, and 31st. Key nugget though, at 10,200, none of those finishing positions pay off. So you're really hoping for a lot of birdies and eagles and opportunities of scoring to potentially hit those like big money lineups, um, especially if they're coming in chalk, which right now it looks like they are on Fanshare Sports. So Webb Simpson is for me kind of like one of those core fades. Um, to get by this, I am gonna bet him. So I'll bet him top 40, top 20, top 10, top five and uh well basically in each way bet on webb simpson i think it's worth it but like we're, we're talking about a guy who's won seven times on tour in terms of this tier this pricing tier he's the outlier like brooks is 31 answers 30 but then webb is the old man at 36 you got 25 year old two-time winner now sam burns victor hovland's 23 zalatoris is 25 golf's a changing right it is a changing, okay? It's getting very different. Now, if you take the average of all my ranks that I do, Webb Simpson finishes second to last in this tier. Abraham answers 25th, averages 25th, while Webb Simpson averages 20th. Okay, that is of note. Now, if Webb Simpson's gonna come in at damn near 20%, I'm gonna go a different direction. I don't mind going back to Zalatoris. I don't mind that at all. Like if people are going to be upset that last weekend Zalatoris finished 14th and didn't pay off and thought that was a bad performance. He was terrible around the greens. It cost him. He didn't gain enough strokes, strokes putting. Didn't do enough on approach. But come on, man. He's in really good form and you're just going to fade him because he didn't finish top 10, top 5 and he just burned your lineups last week. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's right. I am going to go back to Zalatoris. We've seen the strength here. It, it's an absolute option, especially in this field. Looking at Hovland, it's going to be hard to say, like, you fade him, especially if he's going to be Chalk Donkey, but he's, like, top five in every single model that I have. The lone exception being putting on bent grass greens. So that is a concern, but, like, my overall stat model, which is taking into account bent grass, he's looking pretty solid. Okay, he ranks number six in that overall stat model. So I... I get it that he's being popular i know that victor hovland's due eventually for that you know that second or excuse me third win right he has that type of talent burns just got his second win answer got his first win uh last year so the man out on the wins is zalatoris never is one on tour do you think he's going to do it in this loaded field, which when we get to the 9K, we'll, we'll see Usti, Scheffler, Matsuyama, and so on. It'll be interesting to say, I think if that ownership shakes out where Zalatoris is coming in at 10, 11, 12%, he's most definitely a GPP play. You go overweight on him. You take advantage of that. Same with Burns. 
we've seen him come back strong with, with, with you know comebacks and then even Kepka at 11,100 you know you look at his history here at this tournament it's 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 a bag of garbage but then there's a second place so it's kind of difficult to say where where people might fall on him this weekend but right now it's looking pretty low looking down to the 9k range I think this is key to sort out first of all Everyone's going to love Scotty Scheffler. He's due for a win. He's going to win this year. I'm not sure if it'll be on the fall swing. It could be potentially after that, after the Tournament of Champions, and we'll see him really get into like solid form. He fits this course well. Okay, My overall stat model, Scheffler ranks number 12, aggregate model number 11, and confidence model number 4. That's the key. But one thing that's a little bit concerning is that in this grouping, He's only like middle tier in terms of projections. All right. He's right there with English, M, and Na. And Usti ranks number four. And I think a lot of people are not going to play Louis because we, we, we've seen him on easy courses. It, it's, it's hit or miss. He might drop. But I think Usti in paying up the extra 200 is a much better, stronger play, potential play. We talk about a guy who never wins on tour, you know, similar to like Tony Fina. Similar to someone like uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Usti kind of fits that bill. And I'm okay going back with it, taking advantage of his upside in scoring prowess, especially within DraftKings scoring, that he's a potential play and pivot from Scotty Scheffler or going down to Hideki Matsuyama at 14% and getting a little bit different there. The other thing I don't like about Deki is that he just doesn't tend to do well on easy courses where putting becomes a main concern. Right, we, we know that the biggest bugaboo in his game is his ability to putt. And he's terrible on bent grass greens. Guess who else is bad on bent grass greens? Scotty Scheffler. So you've got a lot of options here to get different. Now, if you are going to take putting into account, you go straight to Harris English. You go straight to Kevin Na. Now, Kevin Na is going to be very popular, former winner here. Okay, we, We've seen tons of success at the Shriners, Kevin Na specifically. He's not going to grade out real well in anyone's model and that's okay we, we we talked about the vegas narrative living in nevada unlv etc etc i think there's options to play kevin not here and get different elsewhere i'm curious how builds are gonna you know kind of unfold if people are gonna go to that top tier and kind of look at this bottom 7k 6k range and try to find some sneaky flyers or if it's gonna be more balanced because in that 8k range you do have the ability to balance out with some really strong golfers It'll be interesting to see what people do with this 9K range. So when looking at the power power rankings of just the 9K range, all right, we'll get rid of the 10Ks, 7Ks, and everyone else and just kind of see where they rank in our weighted model in terms of the power ranking development that I've created. And here's how it goes. Number one, Scheffler. Number two, Louis. Three, Decky. Four, Sun J.M., who I bet, by the way. Harris English, Kevin Na, and Siwoo Kim. All right, Siwoo Kim's going to be your fly. He's going to be your low-owned flyer. That's what Siwoo's about. He's got that massive ceiling, but he also has a massive floor and a miscut potential. Okay, He's overpriced at $9,000, but that's in part to his, you know, his history here. Eighth place last year, 55th and 15th. You look at like someone like Sungjae, who's this is a ball striker's paradise, right? 13th and 15th. Sungjae kind of fits that mold. That's the thing. Like... Getting different with these golfers in terms of like any stat model I look at, your approach off the tee, scoring, putting is the biggest factor. So if you think that 
someone like Decky, someone like Scheffler, even going up to Zalatoris, who, who's terrible at, at, on bent grass greens, can they keep it up for four straight days? That's kind of like the key that you're looking at here. All right, going down to the 8K range, Paul Casey, Connors, Cokes, Reed, Tringale, Adam Scott, Neiman, Wolf, Hoffman, EVR. Um, in terms of ownership, looking at it right now, early on Fanshare Sports, Adam Scott's coming in at sub 5%. I'm not sure if he has another win in his pocket. I mean, he's 41 years old. I don't think so. Similar to Charlie Hoffman, I, I don't think so. It is an easy course, so anyone can win. I mean, Paul Casey's 44, 8,900. I, I don't think so, but I get it. I get the upside here. The thing I think I'm going to look at is Tringale. He's really solved a lot of puzzles in his game last year, and we've seen it come to fruition so far this year, especially last week at Sanderson Farms, 11th place. All right, the Fortinet champion. 22nd. So for you to tell me that he's not figuring things out, it's not continuing that upside from last year, I would call you wrong. I, one thing I call is like luck, but but Tringali showing consistency now for a very long time. Right? We saw this change back in 2019 at the Houston Open, a 13th place, trying to figure things out. And then finally in, in July of 2020, a third place at the 3M Open. In November of 2020, third place at the RSM, right? Let's not forget the 19th place finish at Shriners in October. Seventh at the AT&T Pro-Am. Ninth at the Valero. Third at the Valspar. Fourteenth at the Rocket Mortgage in July of 2021. And we see him kind of fade against the best in the field, right? We, like he, he struggled at the BMW, but 21st at the, at the Northern Trust to continue on in those FedEx playoffs. 22nd in Fortinet. 11th at Sanderson Farms. I think if Tringale is going to win, it's going to be on this fall swing tour. Right? That's where he has to take advantage of it. Projecting him right now to be the 16th top projections. Um, doesn't fit so hot in Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric, which you can find on Fanshare Sports. Ranked 61st. But in my over, uh, you know, my aggregate model, 47th, confidence model number 30th, he's most definitely kind of your GPP dart flyer throw, but we've seen success here before. Right, 19th, missed cut, 31st. See how things figure out for Tringale. I like the fact that he did so well last weekend. So we'll, we'll take advantage of that if people are not going to play him and not going to look at him at single-digit ownership. Patrick Reed, people are going to flock back to him. We There probably is somewhat of a narrative being creative about you know the, the snub from the Ryder Cup team. So let's, 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 let's bring him in. I, right now, Fanshare has him around 15%, 16%. I don't know if that number is going to fluctuate up or down. I'm thinking it's going to go down, probably like 13 12%, but we'll see how this week unfolds and what people in touts kind of like talk him up or talk him down. A guy I don't like this week is Paul Casey. He's coming in at double-digit ownership. I don't think he necessarily fits this course this well. It hasn't done well here before specifically, and... We're talking about a guy who struggles on bent grass. These are all bad things. I'm not going to roster a guy who struggled at this course specifically, coming in a double-digit ownership and struggles on bent grass greens. 
No, yeah, we saw him at the Ryder Cup. Before that, we haven't seen him since the BMW. Okay, before that, the Northern Trust. We're not guaranteed to get four four rounds out of him like we did at the WGC St. Jude, where he finished in fifth. So this isn't a major. Paul Casey tends to show up for majors. It's kind of what his thing is now at 44 years old, 45 years old. I'm not in it. I'm not feeling the Paul Casey let's ride the you know youth bandwagon that he potentially has. So something that I'm going to fade here in this 9K range. Continuing on, Jason Kokrak, if you got him at 55-1, to 1, lucky you. That's where I got him at. It was way too cheap, way too early on Monday. Make sure that you guys are betting, man. It's the easiest way to make money this, you know, in any week. But the thing is, he looks great at that price at 8700 to where I think he almost have to lock him up as a core play this week, even if his ownership starts shooting up to that 12 13 14%. Um, you've got to take advantage of that. So... Neiman's another uh, popular play this week. He's going to be close to 18 19%, 20%, which kind of makes sense. You know, he's, he's pretty much dialed in with the scoring and, you know, the kind of like the overall stats that we're looking at here. Looking at him specifically, you know, on approach in the last 50 rounds on bent grass, he, he ranks number 12, 23rd from like the, that 400 to 450 range, 10th in greens and regulation gained, 17th in opportunities gained, 7th in strokes gained T to green, 8th in birdies. The only thing he struggles at is, is proximity, but you know, that can improve based on where he's lying on the fairway. So I know a lot of guys are going to like that Matt Wolf route right now, which I don't hate. It's just Everyone knows who listens to this show. I'm not a huge fan of ever playing Matt Wolf in DFS. I'd rather bet him, and hopefully I get lucky there. The Charlie Hoffman bandwagon is over. I'm getting off it. I think that ride is is done. It was fun while it lasted. He has the distance off the tee, but you know, age, game, all of it is catching up to him. So he's a non-play option for me, and and that basically you know settles that 8K range that we're looking at and. You know, let's go, let's go down in the 7K range. Let's find out what's going on down here. So the 7K is where you're going to need to get a little weird and different. So first of all, people are fading Mito because the guy just has shown time and time again that he can't putt. I don't disagree with that kind of call. But if you want leverage on a guy who we thought was going to win at least one time during this fall swing, it's Mito. You're getting him at 11% after letting everyone down last weekend. And he historically has putted better on bent grass greens. So if you are concerned about the putting factor, you know, you might want to just put that to the side for a bit because we're not on Bermuda anymore. We're not on POA. And he actually does quite well on this putting surface. So you might just might want to take advantage of Mito and take advantage of the fact that he is an option this weekend. You're getting him at reduced ownership. But the guy that I love in this 7K range is Ricky Fowler. He's coming in at single-digit ownership, sub-6%. We saw growth from him last season at the end of the year where I kept hammering him. And people were fading him and fading him, not anticipating him to ever return to form. And it's it's felt like ages since Ricky Fowler has been, you know, relevant in the golf scene. But let's be realistic. The, The eighth place at the PGA Championship followed that up with the 11th at the Memorial. And we're on his best putting surface, and he's a renowned putter. Why would we not take advantage of that this weekend? Why would we not take advantage of the fact that he has had time to practice and turn his game around and potentially fix all those swing flaws that we're looking at? 
I think Ricky Fowler at 7,300 really fits this course great. He's not going to pop in anyone's metrics simply because he's been so bad lately, but I most definitely think he's a relevant option this weekend. All right. Grio is someone that you can always come back to. Obviously, his form is hit or miss. These are big greens. I don't like typically playing Grio on this size greens, but I get it. The approach play if he's hitting fairways, um, but it's going to be hard for him to trust that putter. Kind of, kind like it's kind of like the inverse of Mito, right? Like, like Mito is is our putter on bent grass greens that I'm hoping has that turnaround and has that comeback. I, I don't know if Grio has it. So, um, most definitely looking at guys like Russell Henley. I like him here. Um, like Lucas Glover here, but. I really like that Seamus Power, Cameron Davis, Ricky Fowler kind of range. I think that's where you're really going to get a lot of advantage in terms of guys who could potentially fit well on this course. They're not necessarily going to pop in anyone's like kind of single model or entry of that nature. So, but there are options down here in the 7K range that you can get different. Kevin Kisner's an option, right? He's going to project well. He projects well on easy courses. I like that. Um, looking at potentially someone like Mark Leishman right mark leishman has putted better on bent grasses of late so we could potentially see that upside um not quite sure if it's gonna be there never played here before brian Harmon, of course with three top 20 finishes here in the last five years so if you're gonna look at course history that's an option as well um going back to lucas glover there's a lot of course history there that you could take advantage of because going back to kids right kids at 7500 finished 24th 42nd fourth here with the missed cut there's some things that he does well in his game that we could take advantage of in my overall stat round that the guy ranks 27th so he's an option going back to bramlett who's a vegas you know resident we've talked about playing bramlett we played him last week didn't work out as well as we wanted but still i think going back to bramlett taking care of that like ownership differential this is this is like a little bit different right because you're finally looking at a 7K range where your chalk plays are like Maverick McNeely, Mido, Wise, Streelman, Mark Leishman, Brian Harmon. And those guys are like 13, 11, 10, 9% ownership, right? So if you are going to go to Taylor Gooch, like you're getting them at a reduced rate. It's totally a pivot. You know, it's 7% at 7,600. You go to Fowler. He's 6, 7%. I'll take advantage of that. Russell Henley, 5, 6%. Take advantage of that. Especially when people are looking at course history, Russell Henley fits like the op opposing narrative. Granted, he's terrible on bent grass greens, right? Uh, but at 7,900, I could take the potential upside. So it'll be interesting to see how things kind of shake out here and everything that occurs. Um, your best putters on bent grass, you don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. Pat Perez. Followed by guys like Troy Merritt, Kiz. Cameron Davis. So if it does become a putting fest and you want to take that upside and that advantage on bent grass greens, that's where you go it and attack it. In terms of the confidence model, where these guys rank out, Mito's number one, Grio is number two, Henley's number three, Glover's number four, Luke List is number five. Um, in terms of those ranking out in the 7K range and the confidence rank, if you go to our player pool builder where we look at the power rankings, again, we're looking at Mito, Grio, McNeely, Streelman, Henley, Glover, Luke List, Aaron Wise, Taylor Gooch, and then Norlander rounds out that top 10. Norlander coming in at that 7K price point. So he paid off, you know, a few weeks ago, fits the course very well. He's not going to pop necessarily in anyone's stats models, but you could take advantage. Take advantage of missed cut in a 58th place. And that's what you get with guys in this pricing tier.
All right, so let's go to that bottom tier. Let's look at the 6K range and, and who are viable options here. Again, you are running into golfers that you either are unaware of or that are just bad, right? You're, you're coming in with some corn fairy plays, some guys that are newer on tour and just potentially have blow up built upon them. But when we're looking at the 6K range, one of the guys that I do like is Kucher. And the course plays shorter than the 7200. And I know a lot of people are going to see the 7200 and have no interest in playing Kucher. And I get that. But still, you're talking about dry desert air. Kucher, who had plenty of layoff. Obviously, he struggles with the scoring, struggles in approach, struggles with the fairway. But come on, man. Shorter course. Kucher can dial it down on approach, putt with the best of them on bent grass greens. I'll take it. Gonna go back to Adam Shank. I'm hoping he hits greens instead of missing them so we never have to see the abysmal around the green game again. But because he was so bad, we got plenty of upside here at 6,800. I will go back to Shank in my MMEs, my mass multi-entry. Obviously, going to fade him in those single-entry tournaments, those three-entry max. I don't think you need to leverage that field that far. But, man, that around the green game last week was terrible. Sam Ryder, Zach Johnson, Lebiota. Lebiota is someone I might bet for first-round leader. I think the scoring upside is there. Um, the only thing I do concern about with Lebiota is that he does struggle typically on easy courses. Um, do we want to go back to Chucky Three Sticks? Guys won three times on tour, right? But we've talked about the age narrative. He's 42 years old. I mean, I do maybe want to go back to Adam Svensson. We've been riding him during this fall swing. Naismith is, is 27 years old. Potentially ride, ride him because, you know, on similar tournaments, he's done very well. On similar on this course projection, actually, you know, he ranks third in my projection model with a 8th and 18th place finish. So Naismith is an option, and he's coming in reduced ownership. He's not popping in any, anyone's models. So those are some of the facts and numbers that you guys need to look at here. Um, in terms of Vegas, what they think of this 6K range, your best bets are someone like Adam Hadwin, Jaeger, CH3, Molinari's getting some love. Um, in addition to that, Kucher, Scott Piercy, Naismith, Hogue, McCarthy, these are guys that you normally see in this range. I mean, 151, don't get me wrong. It's not like a sheer, like a sheer fire thing. These aren't incredible odds, but these are options that you can take advantage of. If you look at the confidence model, Doug Gim is popping again, and he seems to pop everywhere. Obviously, he struggles on bent grass greens, so that is someone that you would have to take a flyer on in GPPs. Obviously, we're not going that route in cash games or anything of that nature. Top bent grass putters. Sneds, Zach Johnson, Hubbard, Shank, Poston, uh, Brendan Todd, Curtis Thomas, Sengyung No, Lanto, Brian Stewart. Lanto at 6,900. That's the Rick Gaiman narrative. Every time he's sub 7K, he pays off, and that could potentially play out here. He does have two missed cuts of three attempts, though, here, but the one made cut, uh, 18th place finish. So there's a lot, of, a lot of options down here in the 6K range, but that's it, man. Let's go. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open. I want to give a special thanks to Fanchair Sports 
PGA Tour. But most of the gratitude goes to you, the listener. Join us next week as we break down the CJ Cup. Most definitely one of the most favorite tournaments for anyone who follows the PGA Tour. Of course, we follow that up with the Zozo. All right. Cash and smash. Get it on Sunday. Peace.